Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Praise the Lord. We've, uh, we've been partners together for a long time. I remember when you established Mutual Faith Ministries, and the idea was joining your faith with other people's faith, Absolutely. that other churches and congregations around the world would join their faith with you, and together we could do something. Praise Absolutely. God. And you know it's interesting, Pastor. Praise the Lord. Is that better? Move it that way toward your spine. Toward my stomach. There toward we are. Okay, okay, praise the Lord. <laughs> praise the Lord. But you're exactly right. And in, in, uh, when Heidi and I moved back to the States, we were scared stiff. You know, in 1984, I was broke. I never knew why she married me when she met me at Raymond because I told her I was broke. But we came back after the first year of working with an African organization. And I had uh, $3,600. I bought an old car. And I drove around America for six months. And I asked the board... I said, if you got to trick them, if you got to, you know, somehow show them I carry something. Show people I carry something. Yeah. I'm crying already, and I haven't even begun to preach, you know. <laughs> but the Lord blessed us. Yeah. With you, with you, the church family, you all are one of the most faithful friends. So thank you. Praise God. So let's all go out and eat. Hallelujah. The evening's over. <laughs> We've, we've watched our kids grow up together. Yes. And uh, had some exciting adventures. And oh, my goodness. Praise God. Remember, you all took our kids when they were small to different places. The springs. The springs yeah, yeah. and the different things. Yeah. It's just jet ski riding. No, jet skis, yeah. yes. <laughs> they got addicted back then, bless their hearts, you praise know. Praise God. Yeah, beautiful times. Yeah. And so we're grateful. Praise the Lord. Well, welcome back. Thank you. And take your liberty and just minister what's on your heart tonight. You share, know, share with us. I was going to say, I haven't been in the South east part of the country for like four years to to minister but your wife doesn't look a bit older but you it's like you know <laughs> now you're telling I, the truth <laughs> no, i knew i'd get to the truth sooner right. or later <laughs> yeah but yeah, it's, praise it's the lord thank yes. you so much Amen. pastor edwin hello everybody and uh, indeed it's a treat thank you for being planted in this place thank you for loving one another, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a, a beautiful thing in our culture today, when people love one another, you know, and thank you for giving to the local church. Your campus is magnificent. I just love driving by it from both ways. I love coming up the driveway. I love being in the facility. And uh, so thank you for being faithful to the local church with your generosity, uh, because then people like Heidi and I and the other ministries you support get an expression of your goodness. So in a very real way, I'm just an extension of your love and your life in the nations of the world. So thank you so very much. You saw in that little video, uh, this is the 35th year of mutual faith. And, you know, now there's been so much shift and change and in our culture and in our world and just in everything that a lot of times when I'm in the States traveling or preaching and 
The pastors are always asking me, how, how can I get my people to be more motivated? Or how can I get them to be here on time? How can I get them to give? How can I get them to serve? How can I get them, you know, to really be involved in the ministry? And so it's like a big issue in a lot of churches. I know not here, but in other places, compelling people uh, to, to, to move forward in the assignments God puts in our hearts. And people ask me that. They say, Keith, you've been doing this. 35 years with mutual faith, and then five years with another African organization. I went into full-time ministry in September 1979. So 40 years ago, I went into full-time ministry, and most people after 40 years doing something can like, ah, slow down or go golfing or do something, you know. But somehow I'm still compelled. I'm still compelled to live out my assignment. And people say, well, Keith, how do you do it when things can be so discouraging? And so the Lord dealt with my heart about his love for me. I'm addicted to the love of the Father. I believe that God loves me completely. I believe there's no disappointment in the Father concerning me. None. I believe God doesn't choose to know me according to my flesh. I believe God chooses to know me according to Christ. I believe that Jesus is God's opinion of me. And that's the beauty of being in him and being comfortable there. So I want to share something with you tonight that's going to go along with the lyrics of the songs we sing. By the way, isn't your worship team phenomenal? I mean... I just wanted to bust out and dance, hallelujah. And I'm stirred to pray in the spirit when I'm in this place. And all you musicians, and my goodness, this Hammond organ, my, 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 hallelujah. It's beautiful. But I love what God's saying and doing. In that last song we sang, I think that's my favorite worship song. I start singing that I'm done, I'm finished. And I see your pastor's like that too, so that comforted me. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I knew he was a done deal when he got up here. Praise the Lord. I said, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Take him all the way out. Glory to God, you know, in the sense of the love of the Father. It's astonishing. It's astonishing. And so I want to share something with you that if you'll swallow it, what I mean by that is, is sink your heart into it and let it sink into your heart and digest it. It's, it's going to do something on the inside that can't be fully explained on the outside. And that's what I find in the compelling love of the Father. And uh, so I think you're going to be encouraged tonight as we share together. So uh, let's go first of all. I, I brought my Bible, of course, and I brought my glasses so I can read my Bible. But also, because I'm going to use some illustrations tonight that relate to the ministry... A lot of these things will be on the screen as well. But I encourage everybody to have a, a Bible, a physical Bible, a digital Bible, whatever you have, and highlight things so you can refer to them again and again. But I want to speak to you tonight, first of all, from 2 Corinthians 9, verse 15. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 15. And here's what the scripture says. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Now, tonight in our worship together, what did we start doing? We started with thankfulness. 
I tell people as believers, if you can just have a tender enough heart to say thank you, even if you don't understand anything about redemption, if you can just believe God's view of you in Christ and call that your faith. Have the faith of God. The faith of God is decreed you're secure in him. And take the faith of God and begin to say thank you. Now, this verse says thanks be to God. Now, this is in context, by the, by the way, of a church giving an offering to other believers who had great needs. But I like it in context of God giving Jesus as a gift. God gifted Jesus. I think we need to say thank you. You know, the gospel, by the way, is the gospel of the gift. The gospel has nothing to do with you trying to get better. It has nothing to do with you trying to be moral to be accepted. It has nothing to do with you trying to, you know, uh, uh, fix yourself up, so to speak. The gospel is all about gift. We receive the gift of righteousness. We receive the gift of sanctification. We receive the gift of wisdom. We receive the gift of Jesus. For God so loved the world, John 3, what? Our, our world's favorite verse. He, he gifted, he gave Jesus that whoever would believe and receive the gift has his life, everlasting life. And so the gospel is about gift. The gospel is not about you trying to be good enough. It's about God gifting Jesus to transform everything about you and allow you to step into him and live in the reality of the new creation. So let me give you a little illustration tonight to help me step into what I want to talk about. I brought a couple little uh, boxes here. This is just a simple little shipping box from our office. We all get boxes these days, don't we? you know, with Amazon and everybody's ordering things online. My wife, Heidi, about a year ago, had double knee surgery, two knee replacements at the same time. And I was, I, I changed all my schedule so I could be the head nurse, and she fired me every day. Hallelujah. <laughs> but her problem is she couldn't find a replacement. But she says I actually did a pretty good job. I don't know if she's just trying to make me feel good. But, but what Heidi learned being uh, in recovery mode is she really got comfortable with Amazon. She got comfortable with ordering groceries over the internet, everything. Over, Heidi doesn't go to the mall. You know, I asked God many years ago to deliver her from the mall, but I didn't think of this, you know, that she... <laughs> so every time now I come home when I'm, when I'm in the office in the States, you know, there's a box or two at our front door. And sometimes I have these real heartwarming thoughts like, Maybe she ordered me something. <laughs> you know, it's a bad thought. You know, and it's, a, it's a thought that the devil put there. You know, because she never orders me. It's always for the grandkids. But, you know, when boxes, when boxes come, they're, uh, they're beat up. They're dinged up. This box represents your human life, your flesh life. It represents my human life. It's dinged up. It gets marked through the wear and tear of life. This, this box also has labels. You and I have labels. Your daddy said something to you. Your mama said you'd never amount to nothing. Your aunt, your uncle, your third grade teacher, your sports coach, your third ex-wife, whatever. You know, somebody, somebody said something. In fact, you have labels 
that define you according to your frailty and your humanity. In fact, you put the worst labels on you. You tell yourself you're ugly. You tell yourself you'll never amount to anything. You tell, you tell yourself all these things that you think are the truth concerning you according to your flesh. But the beautiful thing is God doesn't know you according to your flesh. You know, the Bible says sin is in the flesh. God doesn't know you according to the flesh. The gift gives you an option where you can move yourself from yourself to himself. The gift wraps you. Jesus, the gift, you're gift wrapped. God doesn't know you according to you. I'm preaching good now. God knows you according to Jesus. The way you get your heart happy as a believer, and trust me, I've been living this life now being loved. I, you know, I always teach people, this is being loved. This is trying to figure it out on your own. This is trying to qualify. This is living a life pre-approved. Hallelujah. Huh? Hallelujah. So the verse you said about the blood of the lamb. Because he loved us. I can't, I can't figure it out, but I love it. He loved me, and God sees me with his life, not my life. So the beautiful thing is to understand yourself daily in the midnight hour in the love of the Father, not in your own capacity. Your own capacity will depress you. You will nitpick yourself to pieces. Heidi was traveling with me a couple weeks ago. In fact, we're going to England to preach here next week. Yeah, next week. And she's going with me. But when she travels with me, bless her darling heart, she, she takes this magnifying mirror. You know what I mean? And it's always in the bathroom of wherever we're staying. And this magnifying, I was on this last trip, you know, I looked into the magnifying mirror. It magnifies everything wrong with you. It shows you spots. It shows you lines. It shows you a lot of things that I don't even want to enunciate because I'm getting depressed talking about myself. But when you know yourself according to yourself, you're never going to be fulfilled. And you'll live with judgment. You'll judge yourself. And then what you know what you'll do, you'll pass it on. See, people who live in the flesh, even born-again people, pass on judgment. They judge everything according to the flesh. The Bible teaches, I can show it to you a little later if I have time, 2 Corinthians 5. You're to know no one according to the flesh, not even Jesus Christ. In fact, even preaching about Jesus just according to his earth life, you miss the transforming power of what he did in his death, in burial, in risenness. You know him according to the spirit assignment that God had for him. So when you know yourself according to yourself, you're going to be disappointed. But faith gets you out of yourself into himself. The difference between a flesh life and a spirit life or a gift wrap life or a Jesus wrap life is faith. You trust God's opinion of you in Christ when you can't even explain it. It makes no sense. You can't reason with the people of the world about it. It's foolishness to them. They think you're nuts. But something has warmed your heart. It's called the love of the Father. It's what God has done for you in Christ that you yield to. Because deep down, you, 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 you've been able to, uh, to cooperate. You can't, you, can't, you can't be proud of yourself because you believe. He gave you the faith to believe. He authored it. 
He finishes it. All you do is like the song we, we, we sang, say thank you. you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's the beauty of the Lamb. It's the love of the Lamb. So God's love for you in Christ changes everything. So the scripture said, thanks be unto God for his indescribable gift. Now that means human language can't articulate the beauty of this. I, I, I don't have very good English. People always say, Keith, how many languages do you know? I say, I barely know English, you know. I pray in tongues, thank God for that. But I don't do nothing really well. But it's indescribable. You can't fully articulate the strength and the dimension of the love of the Father. You just say thank you. So what I'm going to share with you tonight, I don't know how to fully describe. But you'll see if your heart witnesses with it. It's astonishing. It's beautiful. You know, some people say, well, Keith, you know, people step in and out of flesh life and spirit life, but this Jesus life can be ripped off you. It's like when uh, Heidi gets these gifts for the grand girls. Man, they, they rip. I mean, they, like, they, devout, they have no self-control. Poor little things, you know what I mean? They, they just rip the things to shred. A lot of people think you can rip the love and life of Christ off you because you are naughty. Uh-uh. The Bible says when you take your place in him, you're one spirit with the Lord. Now, here's the deal. Have you ever got something in the mail from Amazon or something? <laughs> you got to really work at losing the love of the Father. I mean, you got you to be really, really good at it. Huh? you got to be in full-blown, full, outright rebellion. And most people who are mad at God are ticked off at God because the world's full of people who have left church, right? And they think they're post-evangelical, they call themselves, or whatever. But the thing is, the love of God can't be ripped off all that easy. You know, it's like these presents. You ever get a little toy for a kid, and it's shrunk-wrapped in this plastic? You can't even, you can't, scissors, I have to go out in the garage and get 10 snips. You know what I mean? Bring these big old, and I'm kind of grumpy and grouchy. How do you, all this junk you're buying, you know, and I'm trying to cut this. And then you try to rip, you can cut yourself. How many know I'm telling the truth, right? Listen, the Bible says you're one spirit with the Lord. The gift wrap life weaves you in and out of your spirit and soul. It's, it's, it's a different dimension than I even know how to articulate. But that's what's so astonishing about the love of God. You have to choose how you're going to see yourself according to yourself or according to himself. Let me just tell you, you look a lot better this way. You look a lot better gift-wrapped. You look pretty banged up, and you're grumpy, you're depressed, you're full of fear, you're judgmental, you don't even like the visiting preacher. You know, I mean, when, you, when, you're, when, you're, when you're in the flesh, that's what happens. So look at the Bible. It says, go with me, if you would, to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14. Here's what the scripture says. For the love of Christ compels us. Let's stop right there just for a minute. The love of Christ compels us. Let me say it one more time. For the love of Christ compels us. Notice what it doesn't say. My love for Christ compels me. This isn't talking about your love for Jesus. This is talking about his love for you. 
See, when people talk to me about missions and they, they're excited about what we're doing, means I hope you teach all those people how to love God. I don't teach people directly how to love God. I teach people how to be loved by God. Because in the New Covenant, I've learned that you love God as a reciprocal when you know he loves you. We love him because... He first loved us. So what I try to do is get people so mesmerized with the beauty of the gift. The Lamb of God, that God loves them completely, that they don't have to qualify through their own self. They're pre-approved through the work of another. And when you're loved by the Father, you know what you do just automatically? You say, I love you, Lord, with all my heart. I love you is the best I know how. And then you know what you do? You love your spouse. You love your kids. You love the grandkids. You love the neighbors. You love the community. You love those who are politically different than you. You love your enemies. You can't go there on your own capacity. It's impossible. This is why I have to live love because I work in places where I don't like nobody. You know, if, if, if God had to deal with me, according to me, I'd have, been, I'd, have been a, I'd have been disqualified in the ministry day one. But I've learned to be loved. It's the only thing that's rescued me. Where I can preach to people not according to themselves. I preach to people according to himself. I don't preach people according to their sin in the flesh. I preach to them according to the righteousness of Jesus. They already know they're losers. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, they already know their sin, their hearts far from God. You preach to them and draw them in. Jesus said, if I'm just lifted up, I'll draw them all. I'll draw them all. Now, the way you're compelled by the love of Christ, I'm glad you asked. The verse shows, look at this. 2 Corinthians 5, 14. For the love of Christ compels us because, here's the reason, we judge thus. You know, a judgment doesn't mean it's negative. A lot of people in the body of Christ think judgment's always negative. No, in Christ, you have positive judgment. You can go to the court of the law today and have favorable judgment. It's not always against you. In Christ, you have favorable. There's no fear in judgment in the love of God, it says in 1 John. None. See, you can come to a place by renewing your mind to the love of the Lamb where there's no fear in judgment. I'm still working to get there. I, 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 I don't pretend, and I'll show you through illustrations about myself tonight. I don't pretend to have it all figured out because I'm still walking in it day by day because life's full of complicated troubles and pain and heartache and headache. But the love of Christ is enough. So the reason that the love of Christ compels us is because we judge thus. That, if one died, all died. Now listen, this is the faith of God speaking for you. God saw you in him then. When Jesus died, I died. And so did you. We were crucified. Paul said it this way. I am crucified with Christ, yet I live, but not I but the life of Jesus in me. I live because he loved me. He loved me. And he gave himself for me. 
So we're included in him then. So the core then of the message is always the cross. It's always the lamb. What I'm preaching to you about having a gift-wrapped life and seeing yourself this way by faith and not this way, you'll depress the heck out of you this way. And you depress whoever you're around. Because nobody really likes the nonsense of the flesh and the sins of the flesh and the failure of the flesh. It disappoints you and everybody around you. But life in Christ, a gift-wrapped life, changes everything. This is how you fix your flesh failures. You can be gift-wrapped and still live in the flesh. I can testify to it. I can testify being angry without cause. Okay? Sitting in the flesh, being loved by the Lord. So you and I have a choice to make about how we're going to do this. So the love of Christ that moves you is when you have a calculation of the revelation of the Lamb. When Jesus died, I died. I died with him. I was buried with him. I was raised with him. I ascended with him. I'm seated with him. Now, can I explain it? No. I'm leaving town tomorrow. Your pastors can explain all this to you when I go. <laughs> it's, it's part of that indescribable gift. But I believe it. That is the faith of God. The faith of God in Christ included you then in him. And that's what I marvel at. I, I marvel about the gospel. I said, man, can this be? Can we really announce to people their redeemed innocence so they can believe it and receive it? So when I'm in Beirut, for example, I've invited Pastor Greg Pastor Edwin, to come with me. That, I'd love your pastors to be there. It'd be awesome. Their ministry would be so helpful and healthy for the saints there and working with all these. But when I'm, when I'm there and I'm, I've got all these Muslim <laughs> Syrians there, I don't preach to them according to their religion. I don't preach to them according to their sin. I preach to them according to the lamb, the gift. So you announce the gift that they are included in him then in the death Burial, rising, ascension, seating, that they're reconciled to God. Can you swallow it? Can you believe it? Can you say amen to it? Huh? See, that's the key. The key is the, can people cooperate and receive the love of the Lamb and be born again? You transform, you transition through your change of ways and your change of mind and the recon. The, 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 the understanding that the flesh life is, is through, that sin is destructive and destroys, and you come into Christ's life through the change, the repentance, the confession. Jesus is Lord, the confession of your sin, as many as you can remember, many as you can remember. But go ahead and go for it. Confess your sin, but be alive unto God. The Bible says you reckon yourself dead to sin, and you're alive to God in Christ. My victory over sin is far better living this way than living this way. <laughs> I mean, I can put a pretty good mask on now and then. But I never get victory. The love of God in Christ gives me victory. Gives me victory when I can stay in the love of the Father. Because my flesh is attracted because of our merit system and our merit societies. But we're dealing with a God who's not in a merit world. It's an unmerited favor of the Father. 
that's just deposited in the Lamb. And you receive just through believing. It's amazing. And yet so beautiful. So this is how this gospel preacher is compelled. This is why I haven't quit. Do I still have desires to quit? About every day, every other day. But here's my struggle, and I'm going to use myself as an illustration, okay? Not you, so nobody thinks I'm picking on them, but maybe, just by the way the visiting preacher struggles, maybe you struggle that way too. And I want to show you how you can get the victory over it. Jesus tells us several things we're to be compelled in. Number one is this, that we're, be, we're compelled to go the extra mile. We're compelled to go the extra mile. This guy says, what a bummer. I don't want to go the first mile. This guy right here doesn't want to actually do nothing. I've done enough. You know, people who are flesh-minded always resume-minded. They're merit-minded. People who are gift-minded are operate according to assignment or call. But Keith Hershey in the flesh doesn't want to build another building. Don't, I've built enough of them. I build them and give them away. We have all national teams. I don't control any of this stuff. I'm on the boards. I mean, people are still nice to me, but I'm not going to be here forever, you know. I, it's, it's, I, I have national teams in all these countries. But this guy, when he, you know, I don't even want to go the extra mile with my family. I come from a long line, a genealogy of... Uh, Beautiful people that are full of problems. And you know who in the family tree they call when they have problems and need something? It's the preacher. Because they think the preacher will be nice. But this preacher is not. You know what I mean? This preacher, <laughs> this preacher, according to the flesh, doesn't want to help them. I don't want to pay their bills. I don't want to do nothing for them. But then Jesus loves me. <laughs> And I let God love me. You have to let God love you. You have to learn to be loved. The Bible says God made it that you would be accepted in the beloved. Your only job as a believer is to be loved. It'll draw you to the word. It'll draw you to the lamb. If you can learn to be loved, your, your life's uh, uh, issues won't complicate you as much. You'll still have complications, but the love of God sees you. Love never fails. So compelled to go the extra mile. Jesus said this in Matthew 5, verse 41. You can find this. Whoever compels you to go one mile, go with him too. This guy says, you got to be kidding me. But Keith Hershey in the flesh will do it. Let me show you some mission pictures since I do mission work. A lot of people think that I just really like to do this. I, I fight to do it. I got to stay loved to do it. I'll just be honest with you. This guy wouldn't do nothing. This guy, bless his heart, does everything. Heidi always likes to ask me to <clears throat> buy something when she knows I'm living like this. 
because then she knows I'm just crazy generous. Look at some of these mission pictures. These people, you know, we plant a lot of churches in the Philippines. How would you like to walk across the river every day to go to church? I bet some of you wouldn't go. Look at the next picture. Or ride a horse because there's no roads to the village. Would you go? You know, when I'm in America, I know your church is faithful and wonderful, but pastors always say, Keith, how do we get the people to come more than twice a month? That's what they say the national average is. Like time and a half a month now for people who are faithful in church. The, the, the way I find is when you live loved, you're compelled to do what God wants you to do. Here's this next picture. This is uh, uh, kids that are just graduating. Aren't they handsome? Man. In an unreached people group. Never had a Bible school. The Nobi people. So we started one. Is there any other pictures in that section of stuff? Okay. Praise the Lord. But being compelled to go the extra mile. Number two, real quick. Being compelled to give extra. This guy says, what a bummer. In fact, Keith Hershey in the flesh is not very generous. He's a, he's a stingy, he's a stingy dude. Keith Hershey in the flesh had to learn to be generous. I needed the word to be renewed in my mind, and I had to learn generosity. But you know what? When Keith Hershey's gift wrapped, my goodness, I'm crazy. I'm crazy generous. Giving extra. Look at Jesus said, this is in Luke. You can turn there if you want. Luke 6. Verse 29, Jesus said, from him who takes away your cloak or your coat, do not withhold your tunic either. This guy said, what a bummer, giving more and more and more and more. Look, at this is what we do in missions all the time. And this stuff is daily, the challenges. This is, uh, do we have a, yeah, this is where we distribute clothes and shoes and all kinds of things for families. We help feed, clothe, Provide medical, at least a thousand Muslim families a year. Give them food. That's like six, seven thousand people. All their families are big. Look at, the next, look at the next picture. We have to rent apartments for Muslims. You know how many Muslims this guy wants to rent an apartment for and pay the bill? None. I don't even know if I like the people. You know, I don't, haven't met them. And I'm going to pay them. This apartment costs me $600 a month. This is what you get. You get a big room. They have like 10 people sleeping in there. Then another little room they cook in. We give them a cooker, all the food. So I'm sitting on the floor with some of them. This is what would happen if you guys come with me to Babe Ruth. I'll take you to places like this. So this lady over here, she's, she's a Muslim Syrian refugee. Now you say, well, she's Muslim. I'm not anymore. Now don't judge according to the box. She's now born again filled with the Holy Ghost. You know, there, you can't touch a Muslim woman. So I don't shake their hands. I don't give them a little hug. Like tonight, I shook people's hands. I give you a little hug or whatever. Over there, you don't touch a Muslim woman. So I was, hey, nice to meet you. God bless you. Oh, what beautiful kids. Oh, this. You know, I have Muslim guys come up crying after I teach on the love of God. Big guys, strong guys. Says, I want to introduce you to my wife. Oh, nice to meet you, wife. And then he says, I want to meet you to my other wife. Oh, hey, nice to meet you, wife. And then he whispers in my ear, he says, can you pray for me? I'm, I'm, I'm having trouble with my wives. And I say to myself, no, I can figure it out. No, I don't do that. I say. <laughs> but, but, the thing, but the thing I'm trying to say is, this guy doesn't want to help nobody and pay their rent for six months. 
But this lady, now she's at the back of the sanctuary. She's a greeter in her Muslim clothing. And now when I come in, she grabs me. The woman grabs the preacher and she hugs me and she thanks me. And she says to me, I am so glad for the Syrian war. I said, you're glad? She said, we lost everything with a smile. We lost our houses, our cars, our business, everything. But we found Jesus here as refugees. So this guy, when he's gift wrapped, is delighted. And so we help a lot of families. And now I'm trying to build our own apartments so I don't have to rent apartments. And uh, that's helpful. But it's a beautiful, beautiful story, this family. Let's go to another picture if we can real quick. This is, uh, you know, helping school. We've got 120 kids in our Nigeria campus. This guy didn't want to help none of them. I don't want to pay none of their school bills. I don't. I've got to help my grandkids school. And I, I, I don't even like to do that. But this guy, when I'm living loved, bring him in. Bring him in at school. It's cool. And this is talking about the whole idea of giving extra. Look at it. It goes on to say, look at our next picture. This is, uh, this is Life Home Kids. I'll, I'll show you pictures about this. We got like 24 kids. You know, it's not like you take a kid for the weekend. You take the kid till they're 18. I mean, this guy really thinks about it like, uh, you sure we want to do this? See, what will the love of God compel you to do? That's what I'm learning in life. Number three, real quick. Jesus said we're compelled to feed the hungry. Look at it. You can find this in your Bible. This is in Matthew 5, verse 44. Matthew 5, 44. It says, but, but Jesus said, but I say to you, love your enemies. Keith Hershey in the flesh says, you got to be kidding me. I don't even hardly like people in my family tree. Love your enemies. Then the, bless those who curse you. Like, really? How would you like to just have somebody come up to you and just cuss you out top to bottom, call you every name in the book, call your mama every name in the book and say, man, that's awesome. Can we have lunch together? Huh? You, you, you don't do that. What makes you work with people who don't see the love of the Father. It's only you staying loved. Otherwise, you get disappointed with people, write them off, call them names. I <laughs> know uh, none of you would ever do it. It's wonderful. But, but this guy does. This guy has a capacity too. Yeah. Says, do good to those who hate you. You know I got some folk who hate me. And I think, why? I'm such a nice guy. Heidi figured out a long time ago, I'm such a nice guy why do I have enemies in the gospel? Why do people resist the love of the Lamb? Why do people resist? Our, I remember years ago, Pastor Edwin, this is in West Africa. You know, I was uh, newly out of Raymond. We are starting our first campus, and there's these fundamental, uh, fundamentalist-type missionaries hated me distributing Brother Hagen books and stuff and teaching people about everything I learned of being in Christ. And so they were... They were calling me all kinds of names, and I got so angry. 
I, I, I got so furious. I got so angry. And I remember flying to, to Liberia and God dealing with me. I didn't know how to define it then, but now I know how to just learn to live loved and take my place in the gift wrap position. Now remember, I'll, I'll never forget going and finding this guy. I asked our team leader, I want to find this family. And I went and found the home where he lived and I knocked on the door and he opened the door and he was like startled. I said, hi friend, my name's Keith Hershey. I just want you to know that I really, really appreciate what you're doing here. Appreciate your ministry very much. And then I gave him a big offering. And I said, I want you to bless your family to the nicest meal that you can find in this, in this city of Monrovia, Liberia, which didn't have many options, trust me. But find the nicest place. And he was stunned. He never bothered me again. You know, the love of God allows you to work with people that are against you and give you a way forward. And to me, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Let me show you about being compelled to feed the hungry. This is what we do. Do we got a couple pictures? Yeah, we, we feed 240 kids every day in Beirut. This guy doesn't want to do none of it. He really doesn't. This guy do it all. That's why every day of my life I have to live love. Otherwise, I'm, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just at the end of myself. I have to live love to work with people. And I love it. I love it. There's a, another picture, I think. This is where I'm going in the Philippines. This is one of our events and like a big festival, feeding all the people. It's really, really awesome. It's a good thing. Number four, real quick, compelled to build. People always say, Keith, why do you still build? Why do you spend so much money helping so many other people when there's so many other things you could do? I say, I don't know, except I let God interrupt me. People say, do you have like a five-year plan for your ministry? In ten I've never had any plan for my ministry. I've lived by interruptions. Look at, look at, it says in Luke 7. This is a cool verse. You can find this in your Bible. They came to Jesus, Luke 7, verse 4 and 5. It says, when they came to Jesus, they begged Jesus earnestly, saying that the one for whom he should do this was deserving. Now, the disciples come to Jesus and try to butter up Jesus to do a miracle for a big shot. Hmm? Because this guy needed a miracle for his servant or for his kid, for his family. So the disciples said, he's deserving. Let me tell you, friend, that's an old covenant mindset. In the new covenant, you don't have to be deserving. It's an undeserved favor. Grace is undeserving because Jesus did it all. What you do is you bring people in their brokenness. You bring the most so-called fleshly, carnal, deserving people in their mindset, and you bring the undeserving, because they're all undeserving, really. We're all undeserving uh, in that sense. <laughs> but you know why they said he was deserving? It says, for he loves the nation. It's good to love the nation. Wouldn't that be cool in America if people could love America a little more? You think, man, could people just say, thank you? We have a wonderful country, and all our brokenness, we're, we're blessed. That'd be, that'd, be, that'd be a good start, teaching people to say, thank you. We live in a country, we have freedoms, we can, you know, whatever. But he, he loved his nation, and look at this. He built a synagogue. One brother gave all the money. That's pretty deserving. Wouldn't it be cool? You know, there's so much money in the world today. I was, I was at Ray and Rita Wong's house. You all know Ray and Rita. They're on our board. Ray is now 90. 
Rita is 83. They've been on the board since we started Mutual Faith. He's traveled around the world with me. Beautiful, beautiful family. In fact, I called Heidi on the way here. She was eating with them at a Chinese restaurant after church today in, in California. And uh, we were there on December 31st, this last New Year's Eve, because that was Ray's 90th birthday. And we're just eating, drinking, being merry, you know, having a nice time, talking about the goodness of God and what we're anticipating. And we always take communion together. And uh, Rita said, hey, remember so-and-so? She mentions the name of the person. And I said, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then they, she said, well, she just took over this, a younger lady. She's probably 10, 12, 15 years younger than me. So she's about 24, 25, something like that. <laughs> but anyway, uh, she just became the head of this nonprofit foundation, not, not Christian, real secular, up in the San Francisco Bay Area. And they pulled up their phone, and, and on the Internet, they showed me an article from the San Francisco Chronicle. Is that what it's called? Whatever it's called. That they mentioned her, their, her organization and her name. Just got one gift from one donor of $200 million. $200 million. I thought, man, that's pretty deserving if somebody's deserving. But in the billionaire class, it's like me giving like $1,000 to somebody. Maybe if you're worth $100 billion. $200 million is not all that much, I, you know. But whatever it is, I'm just trying to say there's such wealth in the world being created. Now. There's got to be the revenue streams for the family of God, right? And God's going to make a way. But that doesn't make you deserving your generosity. Sure, it makes a way where God can add to you in these kind of things. But you can do things because you know you're loved and accepted by the Father. So this is why I still build. I try to talk myself out of it every time. I've got dreams in my heart right now that are crazy. Crazy. Heidi tells me they're crazy. My board says they're crazy. And I say, I know it. I know it. I know. I don't know why God gives them to me. He better share them when I'm living like this, though. This guy is always budget-minded. If you're always nervous about your budget, you're fleshly-minded. Living loved you. You live differently. So I still build. Let me show you. We got a couple mission pictures. These are typical little churches we build. Open them and bless these villages. Let's go to another picture. This is stuff we have to do. You know what? I don't want to fix the sewage systems or nothing. I don't like, I don't like to fix this stuff. But you know what? This guy says, Keith, you got to do it if you want the campus. So this guy does it. This guy gets excited about toilets. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. Another picture. That's kind of the finished look. That was like a, a, a 49 yards, almost 50 yards long. Let's go to another picture. This is uh, our apartments. Remember I told you that family renting an apartment for six? So I started building my own in our own building. Holds 10 people. Have bathroom, shower, cooking, everything. Until we can get them out of there. God, help them find a place so we don't have to take care of them forever. Hallelujah. Let's go someplace else. This, this was our rendering. I had the government of the Philippines. We're trying to help kids and just be nice. And the government in the Philippines comes and puts all these regulations on us. You have to separate the boys and the girls. You need to build another building. This guy got mad. I don't want to build another building. 
This guy had to pray. So I said, well, do a rendering. So I had a rendering. And then I got a call from Pastor John. He's always telling you about He said, do you have anything happening? I said, uh, yeah, come to think about it, we do. <laughs> and then I shared vision. And one guy prompted, you know, help develop the whole campus. Let's go to the next picture. That's the finished house right now. I'm going to be there, dedicated here right after Thanksgiving. Let's go to another picture. This is a sports pavilion. huh? They don't have anything nice there. So we made something nice. We're going to have basketball, you know, tournaments. All the villages, they're addicted to basketball. So now we got nice basketballs, nice scores, glass backboards. They, the village people never see this stuff. It's going to be awesome. Is that the end of the pictures there? I think it is. Let me show you one other thing, then I'm, then I'm all done, because this guy is showing up, and this guy is saying, you know, I'm getting a little bit hungry. <laughs> and he said, do you think Pastor Edwin will feed you tonight? <laughs> and I said to myself, no, I doubt it. He's, he, he probably thinks it's too late to eat. Then this guy shows up and says, please love the pastor. Please love him. Okay, let me show you one other thing, then, then I'm all done, I think. Okay, <clears throat> compelled to share the good news. That's my greatest joy. This is why I live loved. I love to announce the news of your redeemed innocence. I love to prove to you the way God sees you, according to Jesus and not according to yourself. And if you can believe it, if you can apply faith, the promises of God come alive. And you meet miracles. Look at the Bible says, my last Bible verse, then I'm done. Luke 14, verse 23. The master said to the servant, go out to the highways and hedges and compel them. Let me ask you a question without raising hands, without making anybody feel guilty according to the flesh. How many people have you invited to church in the last week or the last month or the last three months how many people have you just sat around a table and tried to announce the news of who they are not according to their brokenness or according to the sin which is so evident can you do it can you can you sit with people that are absolutely broken to the nth degree and love them and embrace them if they never get it if they never get it. You know, everybody we've rented apartments for doesn't mean they're all saved. They're not. Everybody doesn't get it. You know what I've learned and it's brought comfort to me? The Lord opened the heart of Lydia. The Lord opens the heart. I don't got to twist people's arm, talk people into nothing. The love of God in Christ is enough. It's so awesome. I, I'm compelled share the gospel. I love the news of the love of the Lamb. He says, compel them to come in that my house may be filled. Every house, every church house in America that's a life-giving house like this house needs to be filled. I said every house in America that's a life-giving house like this house needs to be filled. This is why I do it.
Let me show you a couple mission pictures. This is, this is where you'll be preaching, right here. See? See the balcony is jammed? It'll be full of Muslim people. And they'll dance crazy all over the place you'll join them. I imagine that right now. It's going to be beautiful. It's crazy. Beautiful crazy. This is why I, do. This is why I buy buildings like this. A million dollars. I was crazy. I'm crazy. But the hundreds and thousands of people who've been gift wrapped there, nothing better. Nothing better to see a beautiful brother, a beautiful sister who's gift wrapped. Let me show you another thing real quick. We do a lot of small stuff. I like small stuff. You know, right now in this season of life, I'm focusing on young people, mentoring young people. I had a mentoring program for seven weeks, four high school kids and uh, four college kids. I love to sit around tables with pastors that are broken. They're mad at themselves because they see themselves according to themselves. They measure their ministry according to the flesh. No wonder you're depressed. I give them communion. I say, this is God's truth concerning you. Swallow it. God loves you completely. There is no disappointment in the Father concerning you. Can you believe it? If you can, you can walk in it. And you can rid yourself from every frustration and every sin of the flesh. I've tried to fix my sin in the flesh through my capacity. I've never once been successful. I've tried to scare myself to get fixed. But the love of God in Christ does it well. Are you all glad you're here tonight? Give the Lord a hallelujah. Amen. Like that song they sing, raise a hallelujah. Glory to God. Raise a hallelujah. Raise another hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm happy. I'm happy. Pastor Edwin, I don't know what you want to do. I don't know if you want to sing a song, if you want to just do a dance if you want to come to the altar and be loved. I, 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 I just am happy. I'm happy. Let me say in the back, I brought a gift for you. I didn't bring nothing up here, though. There's a little book called The Value of the Treasure. It's free, okay? If there's not enough here, I'll send more to the church. We'll send you hundreds of them. We, got, we, got, we, we give them all free all over the world. It's a, it's a book you can put in your pocket. Keep it in your truck. Keep it by your bedstand. Keep it in the bathroom. I don't care. But, but, but let the truth of the gospel in that booklet, let it settle in. You'll read the gospel and say, this, 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 can this be? This is, what, this is what the gospel of the gift is all about. Can it be that I can be righteous through the righteousness of the Lamb? I love it. And then there's some other teachings back there. Everything's 50% off. If you don't have $10 for any of the products, it's, it's on, on me, okay? Just be blessed. There's uh, two books back there, one called Beloved, which I wrote with my son. 
is back there. There's only a couple left, so you got to fight for those. you got to go back there in flesh form and just beat the living daylight, so to say. But I can, I can, if you want one, put your name there. I'll send it to the church. <clears throat> Miss Angela will get it. But uh, there's another book there on relationships my son wrote in, in, in his brokenness of his own marriage. But he's, he's brilliant. I listen to my son preach, and I tell Heidi when I leave, I say, I couldn't preach what he preached if I lived a thousand years. I'm just a simple gospel preacher. There's nothing complicated with me. But Josh, my, he's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's, he's brilliant. But you know what I like about him? He's anchored in the Lamb of God. And you'll love it. It's different than any book you've ever read on relationships. And it's for married people, single people, divorced people, every kind of person. It's, it's, it's that. And the climax of it is astonishing. It's magnificent. Take time. It's a slower read, okay? It's in my little booklet, but praise the Lord. Let me pray for you. Father, these are your kids. Let their hearts be happy tonight. Let them see themselves gift-wrapped. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Father, for the gift of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You embraced me. You wrapped me up inside and outside. You hold me when I don't deserve to be held. You, you hold me when I live even in the flesh. You hold me when I'm so disappointed with myself. And you just woo me back by saying, Keith, 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 be still. And understand that I saw you in Christ at the cross. You were in him then. Yield your heart. Be loved, Keith. You're accepted in the beloved Keith. It has nothing to do. You don't have to perform. You don't have to be good enough. You don't have to do enough. You just have to be loved. Like God love you tonight. When you lay your head on the pillow, say to yourself in your mind, God, you love me completely. God, you favor me abundantly. God, you bless me eternally. Say to yourself prayerfully, I receive your love. I receive what you've done for me. I receive your grace your favor, and your ability. I receive your life. Jesus, you died for me. My sins are forgiven. My sins are forgotten. I receive your love. Let your heart be strangely warmed. Look at your spouse, not according to the flesh. If you do, you'll be disappointed. Look at your spouse. Look at your kids. Look at your world. Gift wrapped. And see them according to the redeemed innocence that they can accept and receive in Christ Jesus. Father, I bless this precious, precious, precious family. 
Impact Family Church. I thank you for the 30 some odd years that they've loved a little gospel preacher. That they sustained our little world. That they've helped me love people. Let them know my gratitude. And Father, we thank you for what you're doing in their life with dreams they carry for their family, for their assignments, for their visions. God, fulfill them. Bring what they have in them out of them. Let there be manifestations of your massive grace and goodness. We say thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. God bless you all. Thank you so much. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.